At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the look ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We've got a tremendous hour for you as Andrew Cayley, he does a great job over at Covers. He does a nice job. Take a look at both at the MLB, but also some college football as well. He's going to be joining me in 15 minutes. I'll ask him if he's got any college football season wins that he has fired on to this point. And then we're going to dive into a little bit of what we're going to be getting on Monday in terms of the baseball card. As now we have seen a little bit of changing of the season once again in his primetime baseball season as now the NHL season. As wrapped up, the Avalanche, they get it done 2-1. to They take down the Lightning, so they wind up cashing the money line. They wind up helping you cash the under, and Kale McCarr, he is your Conn Smythe winner. So we've got that for you guys. So now a lot of baseball, a lot of WNBA as well. Golf with the Open Championship coming up in a few weeks. There's still quite a bit going on. And then once the calendar turns to late August, early September, college football, the NFL, it will be back into our lives. And there's going to be a lot of preparation for that. The next, we're going to call it two or so months leading up to the football season. And guys that do great preparation and do great work, all the gentlemen behind the scenes here at VEASAN, you've got Brian Ortega. He does a great job as my producer, wound up lining up a great show. He and Jason Kahn always book some great guests, so always do appreciate him. Every single hour of what we do at VEASAN.com, that's available via the VEASAN Bets Bets feed. Oliver is in charge of that. He does an absolutely amazing job. Taylor gets me all set up on audio, so that way, even when I wind up making a little bit of a fool of myself, I'm able to sound very, very crisp and clean, so he does a great job there. And Dakota, he is the technical director. All the wonderful graphics that you wind up seeing, he winds up doing his part with that. So all these gentlemen, best in the business, big thanks to them. And my wife even provided cookies for everyone behind the scenes as well. So everyone is doing their part. Now it's time for me to do my part, and we're going to be trying to give you guys as many winners as humanly possible for Monday as we've got a relatively good baseball slate. How about if we wind up going to the American League and we were talking about this pitcher a little bit earlier with Sean Zarilla who joined me in the last segment. This is 915-916 on the bank board. The Chicago White Sox they're on the road. They're facing off against the LA Angels as Noah Thor Syndergaard is going to be going for the Angels and yeah, Lucas Giolito on the bump for the White Sox and the White Sox are finding themselves between about a plus 110 to a plus 122 underdog and between minus 125 and minus 132 is what you're going to be finding on the LA Angels. And 
With the total, you're finding it anywhere between an 8 to an 8.5. Only DraftKings is the only 8 that I'm seeing. A lot of places, they have an 8.5, but heavy juice on the under end. With Syndergaard, it has been a case where he's been just so much better at home than he has been on the road. A 207-ish home area, a road area that is north of 5. So I do think that's important to take note of. And for Syndergaard, what I've noticed with him this season is that his swing miss stuff has just been way down for past years. He wound up dealing with a bunch of injuries. He wound up coming back for, I think it was approximately two innings last season after he wound up missing all of 2020, pretty much all of 2021. They call it like it is, but this season, his strikeouts per nine rate, that's been hovering right around the neighborhood of six. So he's seen a little bit of a drop off there, but the command has been relatively solid from as well, right around two and a half walks per nine innings. He's kept the ball in the yard, and that cannot be said for our good friend, Mr. Lucas Giolito. Was given out 15 home runs in 63 and a third innings. And he's just coming in in a really bad patch in general. Four plus runs surrendered in each out of his last five games. And we were talking about with Sean, the real concern that you've got with Lucas Giolito is that the velocity is down as well. His fastball from where it was at, even I believe two starts ago against the Houston Astros versus where it was when he wound up getting shelled against the Toronto Blue Jays. It had fallen by a full two miles per hour, and that's a very big concern for Lucas Giolito because when he does wind up having that big, giant, overpowering fastball, that means that the swing and miss stuff is going to be down, and he relies upon being able to get strikeouts. He's been able to get, thus far this season, right around 11 strikeouts for nine innings, but three strikeouts are fewer in now three out of his last four starts. That's where the, command, that's where the velocity winds coming in, and the command... Never necessarily been too great for him in general. He's given up right around 3.4 to 3.5 walks per nine innings, and neither of these bullpens are what you'd consider to be trustworthy, especially with the Chicago White Sox. They've been dealing with an injury to Liam Hendricks, their main closer, and then from there you've got Joe Kelly posting up an 8 ERA. He has been having an awful season. Matt Foster, he's been giving you right around a 5-ish ERA. You've been dealing with a couple of injuries to the team, like Aaron Bummer has been out for much of the year, someone that they relied upon quite a bit last season. I mean, he has been out of the fold for this bunch, so that's not necessarily too terrific. And then you've got Jose Ruiz out there. He has been posting up nearly a five-ish ERA. And then for the flip side for the LA Angels, you've got Rocio Iglesias, Ryan Tapera, Aaron Lupier, seventh through ninth inning guys, all posting up a 3-8 ERA or worse. Jimmy Herget, he was really a good long guy for this team. He's now found himself on the injured list. So not a lot of injuries when it comes to both of these teams, and for the White Sox, you did notice that Daniel Mendick, along with Adam Engel, towards back half their series against the Blue Jays a few days ago, they landed themselves on the injured list, so they are having to really piecemeal things together. Now, I will say, Tim Anderson has been terrific for this White Sox team. He's been able to hit right around a 340, and Andrew Vaughn, under the radar, he's been able to provide right around a 315 average. Luis Robert has been able to do a solid job, but with the LA Angels, you've got a quadrant of guys who would be able to give this team a double-digit amount of formers. Jared Walsh, Shoei Otani, both of these guys have been hitting right in that neighborhood about a 260. They've been able to combine for 29 home runs. Mike Trout, 22 bombs, hitting a nearly 400 in terms of his on base. Brandon Marsh has been seeing a little bit of a dip with regards to his average. And some of the guys at the bottom, like a Max Stassi whenever he's out there, Tyler Wade, Luis Ranifo, they have not necessarily been too terrific. But at the very least, the Angels, they're a little bit more consistent than the Chicago White Sox. And the reason why I say that the Chicago White Sox are very inconsistent is that right-handed versus left-handed pitching, they've got some of the most demonstrative splits that you're able to find in all of baseballs. When this team faces off against a left-handed starter slash just pitcher in general, 
They're hitting right around at 290 against righties. They're in the bottom three in the big leagues in terms of total home runs against right-handed pitching, and they're hitting at 242 as a collective. So they see a drop of about 45 points when they wind up facing off against a right-handed pitcher in terms of their batting average. That is a concern that you do have to have with this team. And then when you wind up having the bullpen pieces that you do with this team, not necessarily trustworthy. I'm going to lay up to about a minus 145 when it comes to the LA Angels in this spot. And I didn't mind saying my toilet at an 8.6. The Syndergaard swing and miss stuff is down. Lucas Giolito has just been absolutely terrible in general recently. I wish I could call it anything else, but with his drop in velocity, he's a guy that I cannot trust in. So I'm going to be taking a look at an 8.5 over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Angels in this spot. You've also got another team out there in the AOS who's going to be playing a little bit of a later game on Monday, and that'd be the Seattle Mariners. They're playing us to the Baltimore Orioles. This is at the bottom of the board in 9-17, With the Orioles, they trot out there Tyler Wells, and George Kirby is going to be getting the start for Seattle, and Seattle they find themselves a relatively good-sized favorite here. Anywhere between minus 145 to a minus 165, between plus 132 and plus 140 is your price on the Orioles with a total of 7.5, and with the Orioles... This team wound up taking three of four from the Chicago White Sox, and I need to try to retrain my mind from not saying poopy Baltimore Orioles anymore because they're not necessarily overly terrible. If you take a look at teams and the amount of wins that they've got against teams that have a record above 500, they've actually been one of the best ones in the league. They've got the best run line record in the big leagues, and if you've bet the Baltimore Orioles, in every single game on the money line this season, you're up nearly $1,000 depending upon your closing numbers. You're asking, oh, how about how does this wind up happening? Because they're 34 and 39 straight up, but that's the power of taking plus price underdogs in Major League Baseball. Meanwhile, you can bet on a team like the LA Dodgers, and even though they've got a big winning record, winning north of 60% of their games, if you want to betting them for every single game, you're nowhere near as profitable as you are by taking the Baltimore Orioles. So, I do think that that's very important to note. And hey, anything north of a plus 132, I was willing to take a shot on the Orioles. And we are currently there. Tyler Wells, he has been able to do a very solid job since coming out of the bullpen last season. He's been able to elevate himself as a starter. Now, the one fear that you've got with him, he posts up right around 225 ERA at home. That expands to more around a 425 on the road. Not a guy that's going to come out there and get a bunch of whiffs right around eight punch outs per nine innings, but has done a nice job holding the ball in the yard right around one home run per nine and he surrendered and he's going up against a guy in George Kirby that he is not going to put you on cheaply and that he's giving up a right around one walk per nine innings. Kirby's also been able to get right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings. But the reason why I like the Orioles in the start, because I actually do think that George Kirby has a little bit of a leg up here. The reason why I like the Orioles, this bullpen has been magnificent. They are currently between fifth and sixth in the league in terms of bullpenning area. You've got five different relievers and Nick Vespi along Dylan Tate, Throwing their Ciano Perez, Ore Lopez, Felix Batista. All these guys have a 210 ERA or lower. And then with these Seattle Mariners, the reason why they were able to do such a good job last season and they were able to win right around 90 games despite having a run differential that was right around minus 50 is that they had a bullpen that was one of the best out there in the big leagues thus far this season. It's been a pretty league average bullpen. You wind up seeing Drew Seconrider, who was so instrumental to their success last season, get DFA'd because he was so bad. You've got Diego Castillo posting up a 5 ERA. Anthony Munoz, you were expecting a lot out of him. He has not been able to deliver the goods. It's been guys like Penn Murphy and Eric Swanson who have been your best bullpen pieces. And for the Seattle Mariners, they've been dealing with injuries of their own. Ty France, who is sitting well above a 340-plus RBI. 
He has now landed on the 10-day injured list for the Baltimore Orioles. On the flip side, you do have a few injuries of their own, but I mean, these are not the guys that you're necessarily too concerned about, like Ramon Urias, Rudet Odor. These are guys at the bottom of the fold. They have not been great. And for the Orioles, Adley Rushman, former number one pick, he's starting to pick it up over the last three days, has been hitting above a threat. You've got Trey Mancini throwing there. Also, Ryan Mountcastle and Cedric, or not Cedric Mullins, but rather Austin Hayes, who have all been able to hit at least a 275 Mullins, hitting more like a 250, but he's been able to pick it up as well. So I do think that you've got some relatively solid value here with the Orioles. I did wind up saying my total at some point, because I don't have a lot of faith in this Seattle bullpen as well. And I do think that Wells doing for a little bit of negative regression. So I'm taking a look at the Orioles getting a plus price along with an over. And coming up next, we're going to be going out north of the border as Andrew Cayley does a great job with covers being able to take a look at both baseball and college football. Going to be chatting with him about that next right here on the look at on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Everything you need to increase your betting knowledge and confidence is at your fingertips. Visit vcin.com today. This is The Look Ahead on vcin, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead right here on vcin, the sports betting network. Greg Peterson filling in for Scott Seidenberg tonight. And great to be joined by our guest as I do a podcast every single day for baseball called The Baseball Betting Show. And this man has joined me quite a bit on it, and it's great whenever we're able to get him here on the network as well as it is. Andrew Cayley does a terrific job over there at Covers, and you're able to follow him on Twitter at Covers underscore Cayley. Last name is spelled C-A-L-E-Y. And Andrew, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, even at this late hour for me here, but uh, always excited to talk some uh, baseball betting with you, Greg. Always excited to have you aboard, and I'm sure that it's right over there, 1215 Eastern, correct? I'm actually in uh, the Atlantic time zone, so it's 1.15 oh, a.m. where I am right now. <laughs> but uh, like I, I said, staying up for you anytime, Greg. Typically, I think three hours ahead, and it's four, so even more of a Herculean feat from our good friend Andrew. And Andrew, before we wind up diving into the baseball card, I just want to ask, because I know that you do a great job when it comes to looking at college football as well. Have there been any season win totals that you've fired in on slash have been eyeing recently? Um, not many season win totals. I did notice a conference a conference bet that I liked quite a bit, and that was Boston College to win the ACC at about 40-1. to 1. They're, they're getting back uh, Phil Jerkovich, their quarterback, who is going to be one of the more highly touted 
um, scouted um, quarterbacks this year outside of the C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, of course. But uh, he's going to be a very good quarterback in a conference that's still a bit down. We don't know really what Clemson's going to be this year. And they showed some promise and some wins over teams like Missouri last year. And I could I could see them making a bit of a jump this year. So really liked Boston College uh, at that at that long shot value there in the ACC. And as we know out there in the ACC, if you're not taking a shot on Clemson, you're probably getting a pretty good plus price on just about anyone else that you wind up taking to win the conference. And hey, last season, if you want to fade in Clemson, it actually worked out quite well for you. And when it comes to betting slash fading some of these MLB pitchers, typically it works out quite well slash not well for you. And I think that it's going to be really interesting to see what we wind up getting on Monday in this Cardinals versus Marlins game. Adam Wainwright winds up going for the Cardinals. Pablo Lopez is going to be going for the Miami Marlins. And this is one of the tighter lines that you're going to be finding as the Cardinals are right around about a minus 126 to a minus 135-ish favorite, right around plus 115, plus 125, your price on the Miami Marlins. Any sort of a feel on this game? Because you've got a good veteran in Adam Wainwright and a guy in Pablo Lopez who I would consider him to be a little bit of a better starting pitcher, but I don't know if he's got as much around him as the Cardinals do for Wainwright. Uh, it's a really interesting matchup, that's for sure. But I'm, I'd am i have to say I'd lean towards the Marlins in this one. Of course, Lopez has been solid this season. He also held the Cardinals scorers on three hits over seven innings back um, in early or mid-April or whatever it was the last time that these two teams faced off. He struck out nine in that matchup and well. But what I really like in this matchup is... That offense, the surprise, the surprising offense against going against Wainwright, who is starting to show a little bit of signs of his age. I know it's 40 years old and it's it's only being right now, which is impressive, but it is is four two for expected ERA uh, is pretty much just average. And he's giving up an expected batting average of, of 273 to opponents. And this Marlins team, while they really struggle uh, against left handed pitches, I love fading the Marlins when they're facing lefties. But they are surprisingly strong against right-handers, ranking 5th in batting average and 7th in OPS. So I'd probably lean towards taking uh, the fish here at the at the plus money. Yep, the Miami Marlins are going to be having a guy in Lopez who has been one of the better pitchers out there in the National League going for them. Going to be interesting to see how little the bullpen is going to be used slash how much because that has been a question mark for the Miami Marlins. And what is always a question mark is, seeing these teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball because I've faded quite a few of them this season, and now we've got a situation where we wound up seeing 11 innings on Sunday from the LA Dodgers. Now they have to go on the road. They have to face off against the Colorado Rockies, and the Rockies, they're finding themselves between about a plus 170 to a plus 180 underdog. This has gotten out of my range for being able to take a money line on the Dodgers. It's right now you're finding it at a $2. I'm not sure if you have any sort of a play here, but I think that this is just a case in which the price has gotten up a little bit too steep for the Colorado Rockies. It might wind up turning into a case where I wind up just taking the plus one and a half run line at a little bit of plus price, but in some form or fashion, I'm going to be in on Colorado. Yeah, and that's because Colorado, they they continue to, well, they do a lot of things wrong and they don't pitch that well outside of Colorado. They actually still pitch decently well at home. Chad Cole hasn't been that terrible this season. Tyler Anderson has obviously been great. Uh, another one of these um, <laughs> of these pitchers that just start pitching well for the Dodgers. Tyler Anderson falls into that category. But 
the Rockies hit left-handers very well. They've done it all season, and I expect them to be able to do that in this matchup as well. And like you said, it's going to be a late travel um, for the Dodgers tonight, going to Colorado, the high altitude, the ball flies a little better there, and we can all make our assumptions about the the <laughs> the better baseballs being snuck back into baseball these days. We got a really high total in this game, eleven and a half. Or if you can still get a twelve out there, maybe jump on the under twelve. But at plus one eighty in range or so, I think you have to lean towards the Rockies here against a team that that could be a little tired coming off the plane. And like I said, they match up well against left-handers. Yep, I do agree with you there. The Colorado Rockies have won the more demonstrative home and road splits out there in baseball as well. Because when you wind up going to elevation, if you're a road team. Always difficult in game number one. And, well, for the Colorado Rockies, when they wind up leaving elevation, it typically means that they go straight down the toilet bowl in game number one themselves. So (laughs) it works out both ways there. And when it comes to big underdogs, the biggest one on the board, that would be the Oakland A's. And I think that we both agree, probably rightfully so, as right now the Yankees are finding themselves in between minus 280 and minus $3. And I recognize that the Oakland A's are terrible, but... Paul Blackburn has a one ERA this season on the road. I'm not sure about you, but it's a case in which I cannot lay the north of minus 280 here on the Yankees. I'm going to be taking a little bit of a look at the plus price. I don't know if you're so bold, but I think we're both in agreement that if you're looking at the Yankees, you probably want to look at something other than laying a big chalky right around $3 money line. It, it's it's incredible the line we're seeing now. Like you said, Blackburn's been very good this year. The, one of the only bright spots for the A's at this point in this season. And while the Yankees they continue to dominate, obviously they've had to pull out a bunch of wins recently. Aaron Judge with a lot of late inning heroics recently. It feels like he's done it all season, but even more lately. And it's just hard to trust them paying paying such a high price for them against a team with a pitcher like Blackburn going at it in this one. It, it's it's a stay away for me. I, I'm not as bold as you are in this one, Greg. I'd probably not touch it. Maybe a little spring. I think you're going to have to get towards Yankees on an alternate run line if you really want to take the Yankees in this one. Maybe even minus two and a half, which is not usually something I would recommend. But the, the A's offense is also not very good. And Jordan Montgomery... He's been he's been fine. He's got a 2.97 ERA. His WHIP's pretty solid at a 102, and uh, he's just one of those guys for for the Yankees. He's, he gives you the solid five innings, and then they hand it off to that excellent bullpen, and uh, it could be <laughs> a pretty quick night there for the A's. And that's the day say you wind up rolling there because you could wind up having Paul Blackburn give up one run in six innings, but that might be one more run than the Oakland A's wind up scoring with how the way the offense has been going as well, but. I know that, Andrew, your favorite team, it is the Toronto Blue Jays. You do a great job with your bat flip and pick of the day as well. What is going to be the bat flip and pick of the day for Monday? As it's going to be Kevin Gosman against Connor Siebold of Boston. And Boston find themselves as a rather hefty underdog. Is there anywhere between plus 160 and plus 170? Well, the Blue Jays between about a minus 180 to a minus 190. Uh, it, it pains me to admit this, but I am leaning towards the Red Sox in this one. These guys are just, they're trending in opposite directions right now, despite the fact that the Jays are still about eight or nine games over 500. They're just not playing well right now, and the starting pitching is a big problem with that. They got less than three innings from Jose Barrios today. UC Kikuchi continuously pitches about two innings, it seems like. And even Kevin Gossman had like a very short inning uh outing just a few days ago 
Um, but uh, Gossman's biggest problem for me recently is that he's finding too much of the middle of the plate with his fastball, and it's allowed teams to to lay off this that very devastating splitter that he has, and then he they could just look for that fastball and they'll and they'll hit it because he's only got two pitches, which is tough. He's so I'd be looking for the bad flip and pick of the day to be the over on the Kevin Gossman hits uh, hits allowed in this tomorrow. Because the Red Sox, they rank second in batting average and eighth in OPS against right-handers. They're they're cruising right now. Uh, they've just been out. They've pretty been been outstanding since basically the middle of May, and uh, I, it's a bit of a fade the Jason this one. And to your point on Kevin Gosman, he's been terrific at not walking guys. He's kept the ball in the yard, but the opponent's batting average is quite high. He's given up over nine hits per nine innings, so that has been very stark. But a man that always hits it out of the park whenever he joins me, that'd be you, Andrew. Always appreciated, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Good luck with all your bets. Yes, sir. And Andrew does absolutely amazing work over there at Covers. Great to get them both on this show, along with my podcast, The Baseball Betting Show, as well. So big thanks to him for joining me right here on The Look At and coming up next. And to take a look at some American League games, for VEASAN hats and even VEASAN coffee mugs, all in our online store. Just go to VEASAN.com slash store and order now. That's VEASAN.com slash store. This is The Look Ahead on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Draft like no other, wine like no other. Play for free during the PGA Tour with Naomi. Dare to play on Rival Golf Series. Enter into five free-to-play contest for your shot at $25,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Mayomi now to be able to join in on the action. Mayomi, flavor forward, 21 years or older, terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as per usual, please do drink responsibly as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and a big thanks to Andrew Cayley of Covers for joining me in the last segment. And as a man, that's going to be very hard at work because he does a great job with them not just with Major League Baseball, but also with college football. And, well, the college football season, it is going to be here before we know it. He want to take it a little bit of a shot on Boston College to be able to win the ACC. So shall be interesting as we're going to be taking a look the next few months to get set for that slate along with what we're going to be getting in the NFL. It's getting to be starting that time to be able to sign up for all the contests out here in Las Vegas as well, the Circa Millions the Superbooks contest, the Westgate Super Contest. I mean, it's just starting to be that time, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But with that said, while we wind up having all the sign-up for those contests and we wind up preparing for football, we got a lot of baseball to be able to break down as well. So let's take a look at an interesting game for the American League for Monday, 9-11, 9-12. It is the Minnesota Twins and the Cleveland Guardians who are going to be doing battle as Tristan McKenzie gets a start for Cleveland and Sonny Gray on the bump for Minnesota, and Minnesota has won up quite a bit. They wound up opening up in a lot of spots right around about a minus 120. You're not finding them anywhere between about a minus 125 to a minus 140 is the high mark I'm seeing, and with the Guardians, between plus 115 and plus 120 is your number there with a lot of totals at 8. I'm seeing a couple straight 8.5s. It did wind up opening at 8.5, so we've seen it lowered in quite a few spots, so you've got pretty much a blend of 8 and 8.5s here. And when it comes to the total, I want to say mine at an 8.2, and I would rather have an 8 over rather than an 8.5 under, personally, because take a look at the last time these two teams wound up facing each other, and as a matter of fact, the last time that these two teams wound up having both of these starters square off against one another, that was a week ago. Both teams wound up being able to get to 10 runs in that game, so 
I do think that we're going to be able to see things get reeled in a little bit more in terms of the total, but I do think that we went a little bit too far. And when it comes to the Minnesota Twins, I set them as a minus 112 favorite. So I needed at least a plus 112 to be able to take a shot on Cleveland and pretty much across the board. We have gotten to plus 115 or greater. So I'm going to be taking a look at Cleveland. Tristan McKenzie has done a really good job of being able to rein it in with his command because this guy last season, he wanted getting sent down to the AAA level when he was giving up more than six walks per nine innings. Thus far, he's been giving up more like two and a half walks per nine innings. He certainly got the message that they were preaching him to him when he was in the minor league levels. He's been able to do a nice job being able to keep the ball in the yard as well. And he's going up against someone in Sonny Gray who has stuff has been very good. He's got a 253 ERA strikeouts per nine rate. It is rock solid as he's been able to get a little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings. 46 punch outs and 42 and two thirds innings. But the big thing with Sonny Gray is that he doesn't necessarily lend the world's greatest length because he's been banged up quite a bit. So when he's winding up getting into a little bit of a groove, he's been having setbacks in recent years. Always a little bit unfortunate there. And when it comes to Cleveland Guardians, they do a solid job of being able to back up Tristan McKenzie with a relatively solid bullpen as well. Emmanuel Classe is one of the better closers you're going to find in the big leagues, a guy that's able to hit triple digits on the regular. But then on top of that, even though you've got Nick Sandlin currently dealing with an injury, Aniel De Los Santos has been able to do a solid job of being able to give this team some innings. And you've got a pair of guys that used to be starters in Eli Morgan, coupled with Sam Hentages. Both of these guys have been able to post up a sub-2-5 ERA this season after they were just guys that, in general, you thought that they were going to be solid starters. They didn't wind up panning out, but ever since coming to the bullpen, it has been very good for them. And with the Minnesota Twins, it's an up-and-down bullpen. They're right around league average in terms of their ERA. The long guys like Griffin Jacks, Joe Anderen, they've been able to do a good job. Emilio Pagan, he has just throughout his career given up a couple more deep balls than you'd like to see. Caleb Theobar has not necessarily been too trustworthy. So you got your good bullpen pieces when it comes to the Minnesota Twins, and you've got your bad end. With the Minnesota Twins, something that is always important is gauging whether or not Byron Buxton is going to be on the fold. I would suspect that he should be in the fold in this one, but he does wind up getting a lot of rest days because we're going to call it what it is. He has been someone that has dealt with a lot of ailments throughout his career, but Byron Buxton really is the cheat code for the Minnesota Twins coming off of a three-for-three day that we wound up seeing on Sunday, and this is a man that is getting right around a home run Every, we're going to call it 10 and a half at-bats, 19 home runs in 202 at-bats thus far this season. But guys have been able to get on base for this Minnesota Twins team as well. Luis Arias, he's been able to hit a 350. Carlos Gray has been a little bit banged up this season himself. But he's been hitting nearly 300 and then got in the middle of the lineup. Max Kepler, Nick Gordon, Gio Rochelle, playing between about a 245 to a 255. Maybe deal with an injury to Ore Polanco. So he's going to be out of the fold for this one. But by and large, Minnesota's been able to do a solid job there and for the Cleveland Guardians, they've got someone that I think should be a front runner for American League MVP, and that would be Jose Ramirez. He's been able to deliver 16 home runs, north of 60 RBI, hitting a 300, but with him, he's been able to have a lot of his home runs be two and three run shots because all the other guys, they've done a tremendous job of being able to reach base from Andre Jimenez. He's hitting above a 300. Oscar Gonzalez is in that fold as well, and then you take a little bit of a look further on down the line, and then you wind up having a mid-Rosario, Richie Palaceros. These guys are in between about a 275 to a 285. You are able to throw in there Josh Naylor as well, who's sitting right in the neighborhood about a 280. Miles Straw has seen a little bit of a dip with regards to his average, but even someone like an Owen Miller has been able to do a nice job, be able to reach base, and they really need a Ramirez to be able to step up because with the Cleveland Guardians, 
They've only been able to get right around 0.8 home runs per game, and it's been so fascinating to watch them home to road because this is a Guardian team that at home thus far this season, they're averaging right around a half a home run per game, which that is third worst in the big leagues, so only the Detroit Tigers and the Oakland A's that have just ghastly bad offenses in general, but they're right around league average in terms of their home runs on the road. That's right around one per game, maybe a little bit further below average, but They've been significantly better with their power numbers when they've been away from home. And it's not like Cleveland is necessarily this just super pitcher-friendly ballpark. Now, I'd be speaking out of line if I said that it was like a super hitter-friendly ballpark either. But it's pretty much like average when it comes to its ballpark factors and dimensions. So that has been something that I think has been a fascination this season. But I do take a look at this Cleveland Guardians team, and I do think that they have some relative solid value. I think that Tristan McKenzie and that bullpen are going to be able to pitch quite well. So this is a spot in which I am going to be taking a look at the Cleveland Guardians in this spot. And when it comes to the total, I did wind up saying it at an 8.2. I certainly don't think that both teams are going to be able to get to double figures like we wound up seeing in the game that these two teams wound up playing about last week with these same exact starters. But I do also think that we are going to see a few runs in this game, especially with the Cleveland Guardians, way that they've been able to hit on the road. And what we're also noticing for Monday as well is that You've got an interesting matchup out there in Coors Field where totals are always higher out there at Coors. 905-906. Dodgers on the road against the Colorado Rockies as Chad Cool. He hopes to be cool for the Colorado Rockies. And it is going to be Tyler Anderson who's going to be on the bump for the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, they find themselves in a lot of spots a $2 favorite. You're going to be getting between plus 170 and plus 180 on the Colorado Rockies. And this is a game that last hour I talked to Sean Zarillo about. Does a great job over there at Action Network. And we're in agreement. As long as you can wind up seeing maybe a little bit of line movement here on the Colorado Rockies, I would rather take a plus 185 on them, but instead when it's all said and done, I do anticipate myself being on the Colorado Rockies, even if it isn't necessarily when it comes to the money line, perhaps taking a run and a half, because right now I'm seeing them, if you want to take a run and a half with regards to that plus run run line, you're able to get that right around a plus 115 to a plus 120, and that's not necessarily the worst avenue to take a look at, because with the Scott Ryder Rockies team, they're going to have their last ups in the ninth inning, and it's been a bullpen that has been in the bottom three in the big leagues in terms of ERA. Now, I will say, guys like Robert Stevenson, Justin Lawrence, they've actually had a better ERA when it comes to being at home rather than on the road, despite it being at elevation, and Chad Cool, you've got to wonder if there might be a little bit of negative regression for him. He wanted coming over in the offseason from the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he's been relatively solid, posting up right around a 3-2 ERA Overall, home and road, it's more around that 3.85-ish range, but it's not someone that winds up getting a whole bunch of swings and misses. At the same time, he certainly is someone that's not giving up a lot of like cheap walks, so he's been able to do a nice job just being able to hold it down. Seven strikeouts per nine innings. Meanwhile, he's been able to give up a little bit less than a home run per nine as well, so he's been inducing that soft contact. His fielding independent indicates that there might be a little bit of regression, but we got to feel like that is going to be the same for Tyler Anderson, who has been able to do a very good job of being able to hold the ball in the yard, and he's got a better road ERA rather than a home ERA. He's got a three ERA overall. He has been able to deliver eight wins thus far this season. He wound up actually being considered a little bit of a long relief guy coming into the season. He has come through, and he has been able to do an absolutely amazing job, but you got to wonder how long he's going to be able to keep this up. One and a half walks per nine innings, good location, and with Tyler Anderson, what else I think is very intriguing with him is that he's probably going to be a little bit less bothered by going to Coors Field than most because he actually began his career over there with the Colorado Rockies. But that said, you do have a 
Colorado Rockies team that they do a good job with regards to their home and road splits of being able to hit at home as a collective right around at 275. Someone like a CJ Crone out of his 17 home runs this year, 13 have come at home. So I'm going to dive into a little bit more of why I like this plus price with the Colorado Rockies. I'll give you guys my DK Nation pick on the diamond for Monday as we wrap up the look at next. Right here on Visa, the Sports Banking Network, Greg Peterson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg tonight. Josh Applebaum, and Jason Weingarten. Visit vcin.com slash podcast to start listening for free today. This is The Look Ahead on vcin, the sports betting network. The vcin summer special is here. For just $19, you get everything vcin has to offer from now until the end of July. Sign up today and you'll be able to get vcin's daily best bets from Adam Burke out there on the diamond, plus We've got you covered with premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. And we've got a lot of NFL preseason coverage for you as well. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which includes daily best bet emails, every single edition of Point Spread Weekly, our betting tools, live video streaming, cost is just $19 to be a subscriber. Now through July 31st, that is at VEASAN.com slash summer to be able to subscribe as it is the final segment of the look ahead with myself, Greg Peterson, and it is time that We've got a lot of baseball in our lives. Unfortunately, we're not going to be getting a game seven with regards to the Stanley Cup. But at Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Got a couple of great months of baseball that's going to be coming up before we wind up getting the football season going. And then once the football season gets going, that means that we aren't too far away from college basketball season, which means that I will be a very, very, very busy gentleman, which I am looking forward to. But in the interim, we've got a lot of baseball. I'll be diving into my DK Nation pick for the MLB slate for Monday in a few minutes. But I want to wrap up what we're talking about with regards to the Dodgers and the Colorado Rockies game. And with the LA Dodgers, they have been experiencing a little bit of a dip in offense recently. You needed them to be able to scratch across a pair of runs against their old teammate Kenley Jansen on Sunday to be able to get the job done there as they've been experimenting with guys like Trace Thompson out there in the starting lineup due to injury with Mookie Betts currently being out of the fold. It's been a rough year for Justin Turner along Cody Bellinger and Max Muncy. All these guys are a 225 or lower and with Colorado just have a team that in general hitting a 275 at home has been very big for the team. Something like Brandon Rogers has been able to hit all of his six home runs at home and They've got just the biggest discrepancy home to row with regards to being able to hit it out as this is a Colorado Rockies team that they're averaging just a half a home run per game on the road. That is the fewest out there in the big leagues and something called the Detroit Tigers exists and they have been terrible on offense. Meanwhile, they average right around 1.25 home runs at home. So 
literally two and a half times the amount of home runs at home rather than on the road. And I think that that's a very stark difference with the Dodgers having to travel late because they wound up having an 11 inning Sunday night baseball game. That's going to take a lot out of them along with having to go up to elevation as well. So I do think that there's a lot of factors that does wind up giving the Rockies some value here. Right around a plus 180-ish is where I begin to nibble on the Rockies. And I did wind up setting my total at 11.3 because Chad Cool, he's been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. I do think that the Dodgers bats in general are going to be a little bit tired in this game. So I'm looking at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Colorado Rockies. When it comes to my write-up for DK Nation, we're going to be looking at the Royals and Rangers game. This is 9-13, on the board with Martin Perez going for Texas and Chris with a K, Boobich is going to be on the mound for the Royals. Rangers have ticked up a little bit. They open up right around a minus 130. I'm seeing as high as about a minus 135 on them right now with the Kansas City Royals. You've seen them go from about a plus 110 to right around about a plus 115 to a plus 125 across the board. And your total, it has went from a 9 to an 8.5 on the open. So we've seen that tip down a little bit as well. But I'm going to be taking a look at the Texas Rangers. They are 9-1 and one in Martin Perez's last 10 starts. So they have been nails whenever he has been taking the mound. And with Martin Perez, two runs or fewer, two earned runs or fewer allowed in now 11 out of his last 12 starts. Buck 96 ERA. And he has been doing it really home and road. When he's been on the road, as a matter of fact, his ERA has been actually a little bit better than it has been at home. Now with Chris Bubich on the flip side, he's got a pair of starts this season, which he hasn't made it out of the first inning. He has really been one of the biggest fades of a pitcher you're going to find in the big leagues now. Since he wound up getting, I believe, sent down to the minor leagues for a little bit of a period, he's actually been a little bit better, but still a home ERA of a 778 at home. He's giving up 6.9 walks per nine innings. Opponents overall, they're in a 295 off of him. So you've got a lot of issues. And with Perez, what has really been able to separate him, I mentioned the walks with Chris with the K. Bubich. He, during the 2018 through 2020 seasons, had right around 3.8 walks per nine innings. This season, he has lowered that to just 2.2. Now, you got to expect that Martin Perez is probably going to see a little bit of regression from this buck 96 ERA because, for one, he's got a buck 96 ERA. That's really, really hard to maintain. But for two, he's given up just two home runs over the course of 87 and a third innings. But the good news is he's gone up against a Royals team that they're in the bottom six in the big leagues in terms of being able to hit home runs. Salvador Perez has been dealing with a little bit of an injury recently. Now, Bobby Wood Jr. has been able to pick things up. Bobby Wood Jr. hitting right around 240 overall for the season, but more than able to about a 270 over the last three days. But the Royals bunch that they themselves, they don't back up Chris with a K. Bubich with what you'd like to see. They are dead last in terms of bullpen area among American League teams. Now, the good news is they got a very good start out of Brady Singer. You wound up delivering eight and a third innings. Not very often that you see a guy go eight and a third innings to give up five runs, but you did wind up seeing that for the Kansas City Royals pretty much out of necessity because this bullpen is one that you can't wind up dressing in as you've got a bunch of guys like a Taylor Clark, Dylan Coleman that have come in and just lit games on fire. Amir Garrett, I have no idea why anyone has ever been high on that guy. He has not necessarily been able to do a too terrific of a job. And then just take a look at the lineup itself. Whit Merrifield along with MJ Melendez hitting right around at 230. There's a little bit of an issue. Kyle Isabel, Nikki Lopez, Carlos Santana in that pocket about a 210 to a 220. You've got yourself some issues. And this is the Royals bunch that they have allowed five plus runs in four of their last five games. And I was with a series against an Oakland A's team that entered into that series dead last in the big leagues in terms of record coming in. So it has not been going necessarily so rosy over there. And then for the Texas Rangers, 
You do need to get a little bit more on offense because Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager do men that they wound up getting hundreds of millions of dollars in the offseason. Both of these guys are in between about a 225 to 230, though I will say for Seager, he has been able to deliver 15 home runs. And Adolis Garcia has been a really nice find for the Texas Rangers, hitting above a 300 with nine home runs over the last 30 days. He has been able to pick it up and then got a couple of guys that have been able to do a nice job of being a reach base. The catcher spot in general has been relatively trustworthy, whether it be Samoff or Jonah Heim for this bunch. You've got Ezekiel Duran that whenever he and Nate Lowe have been able to get at bats, both of these guys are hitting above a 250. Need a little bit more towards the bottom of the fold. Leody Tavares just throughout his career has been a little bit inconsistent, but I talked about how bad the Kansas City Royals bullpen is. The Texas Rangers bullpen is actually rather trustworthy. They're currently 10th of the big leagues in terms of ERA if you throw out the just bad first two weeks of the season. So you pretty much wind up going from late April on. This has been more like a top eight bullpen in terms of ERA as you've got Brock Burke, who has been one of the most trustworthy men in all of baseball. He and Dennis Santana both posting up a 160 ERA or better. Matt Moore, he has been able to give you more. Right around a 2-1-5 ERA after he was a little bit of a failure as a starter. He's coming in out of the bullpen. He's been able to do a relatively solid job. And the way that Chris with the K Bubich has been able to perform, I don't want necessarily too much of a part of him. So this is a situation where I did want to take my total at 8.7 because I do think that inevitably we are going to be seeing a little bit of regression with Martin Perez and the way that he's been able to keep the ball in the yard. So I'm going to be taking a look at this total over, but with the Rangers, one away a little bit north of a minus 145 here. And now we're seeing it in a lot of spots in between about a minus 132 and minus 135. So I did wind up making that the DK Nation pick. And I am going to be taking a look at the total over as well. There is one game that we are going to be getting on Monday that you're probably not going to be able to bet until the AM until things wind up becoming a little bit more clear with the pitcher that with the picture and the pitcher as well, because 901, 902 on the board is the Pittsburgh Pirates facing off against the Washington Nationals. We know that it's going to be Eric Fetty for the Washington Nationals, but we don't know who's going to be taking the bump for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Right now, the crystal ball of Greg Peterson says that we're most likely going to be getting Bryce Wilson in this game, but it's very much TBD. And if you do wind up getting someone like Bryce Wilson, I honestly be willing to lay up to about a minus 145 with the Washington Nationals. It has not necessarily been a Good run of things for the Washington Nationals this season, but they do have a top five team in terms of being able to get on base. So this would also be a spot in which I would be setting a nine or less as an over overplay for me, a nine and a half or less. I would be taking a look at an under with the Pittsburgh Pirates. They did wind up having to use up quite a bit of their bullpen in that series against the Tampa Bay Rays. And with the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, it's been really interesting to take a look at them because right now the record stands at 29 wins overall. You take a look at the bullpen. They have gotten 23 out of these wins, and they're currently 22nd in bullpen ERA. So it's one of those things in which you just sit there and you wonder what the heck is going on here. They do wind up having to use up Will Crow, David Bernard quite a bit the last few days. So these guys are getting relatively tired, and these are the guys that you're able to trust in. And then you wind up getting into the B guys like Heath Embry and company, and it's not too terrific. And you wind up trotting out there, Bryce Wilson, as a starter. He's got north of an 8 ERA. Honestly, I'd be willing to upgrade the Pittsburgh Pirates if they just want to make this a bullpen game itself rather than trying to use Bryce Wilson as a little bit of a starter. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, it's going to be interesting to take a look at them moving forward because you do have someone in Jack Swaziski who's been able to give the team 12 home runs. It's been a lot of young guys seeing at bats like an O'Neill Cruz who wound up having six RBI in his first series of the season against the Chicago Cubs. But you've got trials and tribulations when it comes to this. 
Pittsburgh Pirates lineup in general. So I'd be willing to set the Nationals as a relatively solid favorite. I want to make them officially minus 148 if Bryce Wilson is announced a starter for the. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 